بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته My name is Asad Patel And uh, The title of this series is You know The tragedies of life And you know this is related First of all to cancer And uh, for anybody who's had a relative uh, Friend Close friend Father, mother, grandmother Any, any sort of relation pass away from cancer they know the sort of trauma and long-lasting effects it has on you mentally emotionally and physically that even physically it has an effect on you that sometimes if the littlest sickness you'll instantly think what if i have cancer what if i have cancer and the reason i'm doing this series or this podcast it, you know not everybody will listen to it not everybody's going to listen to me I'm realistic about that. Not everybody wants to listen to Asad Patel. And maybe my story isn't as interesting as someone else's. But the main purpose of doing this is to bring closure to others as well. And I have a very good friend. His name is Will. And he told me to write a book. And since I'm already doing the podcast, I figured, let's try to do the audio version first. Then we'll put it into a physical version if need be. And this is going to cover, first of all, cancer, then the birth of my child, and then, you know, some tragedies while doing business. And, you know, the first part is the most important and integral part, which is the part of cancer. And I'm going to try to get personal and give details. I may not give every single detail and get into every single nook and cranny of it, but I'll try to give as many details and as much information as I can so that people who are listening can gain benefit from this. And so where I left off was the part where my mother was in the hospital in Kings Mountain. And uh, we used to go see her every day. We'd take lunch. We'd make dinner. We'd take it. I would be working, going, working, going. Try to spend as much time as I could with my mother. I didn't know how long she had left to live. Honestly speaking, it was like at that point in time, it seemed like she was just going to pass away within two months of getting cancer. I just had my Valima, my, you know, basically marriage party over here after my wife came here. And within a month, it seemed as though she was going to be gone. And it was like really nerve-wracking. Like I, I can't imagine what would have happened if she passed away at that time. I was not prepared. Even when she passed away, I wasn't prepared, but she prepared me. My mother was an amazing woman. Everybody's mother, they will say, is an amazing woman. But to each and every person, their mother is amazing in their own beautiful way. So my mother, she worked very hard to prepare me for her eventual passing. Um, but before that, you know, she was in the hospital and even then in the hospital, sometimes my aunts would go visit her and she would, you know, make jokes with them and she would laugh at them. And she's basically maybe on, you know, on her deathbed in, in the literal sense. And she's still joking and making jokes and stuff like that. And she got a little bit better. I think they misadministered some medicine or something like that. At one point in time, it made her really sick, but she got better. And then, uh, she was in the hospital one day and I have an uncle and this uncle, he's disassociated himself with our family. And the person who has hurt the most is my grandmother, my, my father's mother, my paternal grandmother. And she really misses him. This is her youngest child. I wish he would come to visit her. And like I said, this is going to be a little bit personal. If somebody who knows me finds this offensive, it's okay. You can be offended. I don't mind. I don't care. I'm just speaking the truth. I'm not putting anybody else's business out there, but she's really hurt by this. She wants to see him. She hasn't seen him at this point in time for close to maybe like six or seven years. And she's, my grandma's like 85 or 86. So, you know, she's nearing, you know, the ending corner of her life. And, you know, she has health issues and stuff like that. 
So my mother tells one of my cousins, she's like, take a picture of my hospital bed. She was in the ICU. She's like, take a picture of my hospital bed and send it to this uncle. Maybe he might respond and think that maybe his mother's in the hospital. He still didn't respond. But but think of this woman that she's, you know, basically going through all of this trauma and going through all of these sicknesses and illnesses. And all she's still concerned about is her mother-in-law who hasn't seen her son for a few years. So then, you know, my mother eventually came home. And, and honestly speaking, when she came home, it was a very, like, joyous time for me that I thought that maybe there's some hope that she will be able to beat cancer. And she comes home and we start, you know, she starts eating better. Um, she got off of the vegetarian diet. The doctor she was going to for the vegetarian diet got locked up. And it was really weird. It was like, not a vegetarian diet, it was like more a health-based diet where they tell you to eat these certain things and they give you these natural juices and you have to buy them. And apparently it's supposed to help you beat, you know, diseases or cancer and help you get better without going through the whole medical process. And it's worked for some people and for some people it's elongated their life and for some other people it hasn't worked. I guess it's just trial and error because even chemotherapy and radiotherapy or whatever it's called doesn't work for everybody. So, um... My my mother, she started, you know, this doctor ends up in jail. I, I don't know what the heck. He had, like, water tanks and, uh, you know, ammunition in large amounts, and they put him in jail or something like that. It was, it was just a weird situation. So then my mother, she starts going to the normal doctor, and they, they're like, look, we're going to try to see what we can do, and then eventually we may have to start chemotherapy. And chemotherapy, honestly speaking, is, is supposed to save your life, I guess, but I haven't seen that. Um, it, it basically destroys everything inside of you, it seems. And look, I'm not a, I'm not a medical expert. <laughs> medical experts, please don't come after me. I'm just saying what I've seen and what I felt. And, uh, so my mother, she's, she's eating, she's getting stronger. Now she wanted to fast the month of Ramadan. This is her fasting month. She really wanted to fast the month, but it wasn't going to be possible because of the amount of medicines she had to take. And so what started happening at this point is her arm, her right arm, it started like getting you know, it started expanding, like due to the cancer, it was spreading through her arm and through her breast and chest and attacking everything. And her arm started getting like, it was became three times the size of a normal arm. And at times she would have like, you know, pain, I guess it was like blood clots or something like that. They would happen and she would be in a lot of pain and she would stay up the whole night crying. You know, I'd go to her, I'd spend some time with her. She'd like, go to sleep, go to sleep. But you know, it's, it's too hard. You're, you're listening to your mother crying out of pain. You don't want to hear that. You you don't, you don't want her to be able to go to sleep. And she would literally, for the last, you know, six to eight months of her life, she would sit, she would sleep sitting. She wasn't able to lay down and go to sleep because of her arm and because of the size of it and stuff like that. And she had to start praying sitting. And like I said before in the last episode, that she went from being perfectly healthy in January, February, to in May being completely, like it seemed, half disabled. That she wasn't able to do a lot of things she was able to do. And it was really hard for her, and it was really hard for us. So the month of Ramadan comes, we're fasting, and it really hurt us, her. And she was able, she she read a lot of Quran, she spent a lot of time reciting Quran, she still went to her doctor's appointments. My dad used to spend a lot of time with her. And uh, we had a very notable scholar come here from India, and he gave a speech, and I made sure to do the program online so my mother could listen. And... And we had to make a dua for her, a prayer for her. And, you know, the month of Ramadan, honestly speaking, was one of the most difficult Ramadans for me. Because at that point in time, I came to a realization that this may be the last Ramadan I get to spend with my mother. That not It wasn't about the cooking or anything. It was about the fact that Ramadan is a time for spirituality and you get to connect with the Lord. And this will be the last time I get to spend it with my mother. 
And so I, I used to cry a lot when I would pray. I would have a hard time keeping my concentration in prayer. So I would come home after. Sometimes I would be leading the first eight units of prayer. I would come home after those. If I was leading the next four, I would come home after those. If I was leading the last few, I may go for tarawih late, you know, so on and so forth. So I could spend more time with my mother in the month of Ramadan and gain her blessings. And the one dua, the one prayer I used to ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is, you know, I, I request each and every person who has their mother alive that cherish your mother and love your mother. And if you have a father alive, cherish your father and love your father as well. I used to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that my mother is, you know, they say that, you know, Jannah is underneath your mother's feet, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala don't take away this Jannah from me. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala don't take away this Rahmah, this mercy from me of my mother who loves me so much. And, you know, I, I used to ask that prayer all throughout the course of Ramadan, because I, I remember the saying of the Prophet ﷺ to the closest meaning that, you know, he used to talk about how if his mother was alive and he would be praying, you know, salah and his mother would call him and he would love to break the salah and go to her. And that was something I wished for as well. But my mother, she would never disturb me while I was praying. I was hoping and wishing she would disturb me one day so I could, you know, fulfill the wishes of my beloved Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. And so, you know, the month of Ramadan is passing through and my mother's health was actually starting to get a little bit better. <laughs> maybe it was the heat, maybe it was the weather, I don't know what it was. But um, eventually she started chemotherapy. And when she started chemotherapy, she started losing her hair. And when you lose your hair, you know, it, it has an effect on you. That you really don't want to lose it, it's something you covet, something you love. So, you know, I told my mother one day, I was like, look, the strong sign is to shave your hair. Don't keep this, you know, few hairs they're falling off. I was like, it's okay if you're bald. It's not a problem. I was like, I still love you. My dad still loves you. My wife still loves you. We all still love you. It's not about the hair. So she was like, okay, let's do it. So she sat outside one day with me. I took the machine and I shaved her head. I was like, look, when hair comes, we're going to shave it again. We're going to keep it nice and shiny. And when I shaved her head, it was like, you know, it was so funny. I was like, oh, you look like Nanabu, like my grandfather, my maternal grandfather. I was like, your head's just like his head. And she's laughing and she was happy. And, you know, it's just, it was, it was a difference. And, you know, she's obviously she came to grips with the fact that she lost her hair and she didn't know what was going to happen with her cancer. It was looking more and more grim that it wasn't going to get any better, but she had hope. And she was, you know, she was hoping that it would get better. And she was hoping that, you know, she would get her hair back eventually. She would get her health back eventually. She would be able to see some grandchildren, play with some grandchildren, so on and so forth, you know. The wish of every mother to see her son happy, her daughter happy. I, obviously, I'm an only child to see her son happy. Um, see him prosper, do well in business, do well in life, so on and so forth. But you know, it wasn't written for her. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on her. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on her grave. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on all of the mothers and fathers who have passed away. I mean, so, you know, uh, during the course of the summer, I spent more and more time with my mother. I stopped going to the gym. I stopped doing other extracurricular activities. Um... Well, me and my wife, we really didn't even go anywhere. We just went um, in July, you know, from, uh, you know, basically celebrating our one year marriage. You know, I wouldn't even call it an anniversary. We just went for like two or three days to Atlanta and that was it. Um, aside from that, we didn't go anywhere the first year after my wife got here so we could spend more time with my mother. And, you know, it's just it was it was consistently daily worries hoping she wouldn't end up in the hospital, hoping she wouldn't fall down or get hurt, hoping, you know, nothing would go wrong, hoping she wouldn't start throwing up because, you know, chemotherapy, you throw up, you lose your hair, different things like that happen. It's just, you know, different, different worries, hoping that she doesn't have, you know, the blood clots which cause her pain in her arm 
and you know hoping she can make it through the day without pain and without crying and without suffering <laughs> and at times you realize that you know certain people they may be friends they may be relatives that they're not as sincere as they make it seem like and and it's an unfortunate side effect of this dunya of this you know just this life and my mother the one thing about her which was so amazing was she didn't tell her mother the suffering she was going through throughout the course of her sickness she would talk with her brothers and sisters and she didn't even let them know till till she ended up in pakistan she went to pakistan later on and we'll get to that probably in the next episode or the one after that <coughs> she avoided telling anybody anybody how sick she was and she was honestly very sick she even avoided telling me because she didn't want me to worry and she knew how much stress i used to take and she knew how sick i would get so that is the heart of a mother that she doesn't even want her only child to feel any pain and the one thing my mother used to say to me uh, i have a friend a very close friend his mother also passed away from cancer he was much younger and she used to always say that look at him and his siblings they lost their mother so young you're so lucky you got your mother for so long i my mother passed away after i turned 29 we celebrated my birthday together and she passed away a few days later it was a really you know really painful birthday because i knew this was the last birthday i was going to get with her not to jump over you know 68 months of story and like i said i'm going to try to get into as much details as i can but i'm not going to give every single detail there's a lot of intimate details that maybe it's not proper to give out but but my mother she put in a lot of effort into raising me um she you know she came from a a lower middle class household in pakistan as did my father you know they made a good decent life over here they worked very hard um they started off as very low class as far as socio economic and they worked hard to purchase whatever they could house car whatever they could and to see all of this you know coming to an end for a person is very difficult and you know over the course of this journey as you can even hear maybe from my mother's perspective not mine is she's seeing this and she's perceiving this that all of this which i have worked hard for the house the car the yard the bedroom and everything i've put so much effort and work into that all of this i will leave this behind and it's the reality of this world and it's the reality of this life that we don't live here forever we might think we're going to live here forever but we're not and so may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq may he give us a better understanding and if you have any feedback for me that maybe you feel like i could do a better job with the delivery you can email me at asad at straightpadpodcast.com and if if possible i will reply to it jazakallah khair assalamu alaykum wa